It's time to relax, grab a drink, pull up a chair by the hearth, and have a seat in the Skald Circle to listen to the tale of The Tinderbox from Denmark as told by Casimir. Before we begin our story, we wanted to remind you that we release new tales for free every week. Our shorter tales release on Wednesdays, and our longer chapter stories release on every other Saturday. Find out where you can hear them on our website at thescaldcircle.com. And be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out on one of our enchanting tales from around the world. And this is the tale of the Tinderbox. A soldier came marching along the high road. One, two, one, two. He had his knapsack on his back and his sword at his side, for he had been to the wars, and he was on his way home now. He met an old witch on the road. It was so ugly, her lower lip hung right down onto her chin. She said, Good evening, soldier. What a nice sword you've got, and such a big knapsack. You are a real soldier. You shall have as much money as ever you like. Thank you kindly, you old witch, said the soldier. Do you see that big tree, said the witch, pointing up to a tree close by. It is hollow inside. Climb up to the top and you'll see a hole into which you can let yourself down. Raise down under the tree and you will tie a rope round your waist so that I can haul you up again when you call. What am I to do under the tree? asked the soldier. Fetch money, said the witch. You must know that when you go down to the bottom of the tree, you'll find yourself in a wide passage. It's quite light there, for there are over a hundred blazing lamps. You will see three doors which you can open, for the keys are there. If you go into the first room, you will see a big box in the middle of the floor. A dog is sitting on top of it, and he has eyes as big as saucers. But you don't need mind that. I will give you my blue checkered apron, which you can spread out on the floor, then go quickly forward, take up the dog, put him on the apron, open the box, take out as much money as you ever like. It is all copper, but if you like silver better, go into the next room. There you will find... A dog with eyes as big as millstones. But never mind that. Put him on the apron and take the money. If you prefer gold, you can have that too and as much as you can carry. If you go into the third room, but the dog sitting on that box has eyes each as big as the round tower. He is a dog indeed, as you may imagine. But don't let that trouble you. You only have to put him onto my apron and he won't hurt you. And you can take as much gold out of the box as you like. Well, that's not so bad, said the soldier. But what am I to give you, old witch? For you'll want something, I'll be bound. No, said the witch. Not a single penny do I want. I only want you to bring me an old tinder box that my grandmother forgot the last time that she was down there. Well, tie the rope round my waist, said the soldier. Here it is, said the witch and here is my blue-checkered apron. Then the soldier climbed up the tree, let himself slide down the hollow trunk, and found himself, as the witch had said, in the wide passage where the many hundred lamps were burning. 
Now he opened the first door, and ugh, there sat the dog with eyes as big as saucers staring at him. You are a nice fellow, said the soldier, as he put him on the witch's apron and took out as many pennies as he could cram into his pockets. Then he shut the box and put the dog on top of it again and went into the next room. Hello! There sat the dog with eyes as big as millstones. You shouldn't stare at me so hard. You might get a pain in your eyes. Then he put the dog on top of the apron, and when he saw all the silver in the box, he threw away all the coppers and stuffed his pockets and his knapsack with silver. Then he went into the third room. Oh, how horrible! That dog really had two eyes as big as the round tower, and they rolled around and around like wheels. Good evening, said the soldier, saluting, for he had never seen such a dog in his life. But after looking at him for a bit, he thought, mm, that will do. And then he lifted him up and put him down on the apron and opened the chest. Preserve us, what a lot of gold! He could buy the whole of Copenhagen with it, and all the sugar pigs from the cake women, all the tin soldiers, whips, and rocking horses in the world. That was money indeed. Now the soldier threw away all the silver he had filled his pockets and knapsack with, and put gold in its place. Yes, he crammed all his pockets, his knapsack, his cap, and his boots so fully he could hardly walk. Now he really had a lot of money. He put the dog back on the box, shut the door, and shouted up through the tree, Haul me up, you old witch! Have you got the tinder box? Oh, to be sure, said the soldier, I had quite forgotten it. And he went back to fetch it. The witch hauled him up, and there he was standing on the high road again with his pockets, boots, knapsack, and cap full of gold. What do you want the tinderbox for? asked the soldier. That's none of your business, said the witch. You've got the money, give me the tinderbox. Rubbish, said the soldier. Tell me directly what you want with it, or I'll draw my sword and cut off your head. I won't, said the witch. Then the soldier cut off her head. There she lay. He tied all the money up in her apron, slung it over his back like a pack, put the tinderbox in his pocket, and marched off to the town. It was a beautiful town. He went straight to the finest hotel, ordered the grandest rooms, all the food he liked best, because he was a rich man now, that he had so much money. Certainly the servant who had to clean his boots thought they were very funny old things for such a rich gentleman, but he had not the time to buy any new ones. The next day he bought new boots and fine clothes. The soldier now became a fine gentleman, and the people told him all about the grand things in town, about their king and what a lovely princess his daughter was. Where is she to be seen? asked the soldier. You can't see her at all, they all said. She lives in a great copper castle surrounded with walls and towers. Nobody but the king dare go in and out, for it has been prophesied that she will marry a common soldier, and the king doesn't like that. Well, I should like to see her well enough, thought the soldier, but there was no way of getting leave for that. He now led a very merry life, went to theaters, drove about in the king's park, and gave away a lot of money to poor people, which was very nice of him for he remembered how disagreeable it used to be to not have a penny in his pocket. Now he was rich, wore fine clothes, and had a great many friends, who all said what a nice fellow he was, a thorough gentleman, and he liked to be told that. 
But he went on spending money every day, and his store was never renewed. He at last found himself with only two pence left. Then he was obliged to move out of his fine room. He had to take a tiny little attic up under the roof, clean his own boots and mend himself with a darning needle. None of his friends went to see him because there were far too many stairs. One dark evening, when he had not even enough money to buy a candle with, he suddenly remembers that there was a little bit in the old tinderbox he had brought out of the hollow tree when the witch had helped him down. He got out the tinderbox with the candle end in it and struck fire. But as the sparks flew out from the flint, the door burst open, and the dog with eyes as big as saucers, which he had seen down under the tree, stood before him and said, What does my lord command? By heaven, said the soldier. This is a nice kind of tinderbox. I can get whatever I want with this. Get me some money, he said to the dog, and away it went. It was back in a twinkling, with a big bag full of pennies in its mouth. Now the soldier saw what a treasure he had in the tinderbox. If he struck once, the dog which sat in the box of copper came. If he struck twice, the dog on the silver box came. And if he struck three times, the one with the box of gold. He now moved to the grand room and got his fine clothes again. Then all his friends knew him once more and liked him as much as ever. Then he suddenly began to think. After all, it is a curious thing that no man can get a sight of the princess. Everyone says she is so beautiful. But what is the good of that when she always has to be shut up in a big copper palace with all the towers? Can I not somehow manage to see her? Where is my tinderbox? Then he struck the flint, and whisk came the dog with the eyes as big as saucers. It is certainly the middle of the night, said the soldier, but I am very anxious to see the princess, if only for a single moment. The dog was out of the door in an instant, and before the soldier had time to think about it, he was back again with the princess. There she was, fast asleep on the dog's back, and she was so lovely that anyone could see that she must be a real princess. The soldier could not help it, but he was obliged to kiss her, for he was a true soldier. Then the dog ran back again with the princess, but in the morning, when the king and queen were having breakfast, the princess said she had such a wonderful dream about a dog and a soldier. She had ridden on the dog's back, and the soldier had kissed her. That's a pretty tale, said the queen. After this, an old lady-in-waiting had to sit by her bed at night to see if it was really a dream, or what it could be. The soldier longed so intensely to see the princess again, that at night the dog came to fetch her. He took her up and ran off with her as fast as he could. But the old lady-in-waiting put on her galoshes and ran as fast as she could behind them. When she saw that they disappeared into a large house, she thought, Now I know where it is, and made a big cross with chalk at the gate. Then she went home and lay down. Presently the dog came back too with the princess. When he saw there was a cross on the gate, he took a bit of chalk too and made crosses on all the gates in the town. Now this was very clever of him, for the lady-in-waiting could not possibly find the gate when there were crosses on all the gates. Early the next morning, the king, the queen, and the lady-in-waiting and all the court officials went to see where the princess had been. There it is, said the king when he saw the first door with the cross on it. No, my dear husband, there it is, said the queen who saw another door with a cross on it. But there is one, and there is another, they all cried out. And they soon saw that it was hopeless to try and find it. 
Now the queen was a very clever woman. She knew more than how to drive in a chariot. She took her big gold scissors and cut up a large piece of silk into small pieces and made a pretty little bag, which she filled with fine grains of buckwheat. Then she tied it onto the back of the princess, and when that was done, she cut a little hole in the bag so that the grains would drop out all the way wherever the princess went. At night, the dog came again and took the princess on his back and ran off with her to the soldier, who was so fond of her that he longed to be a prince so that he might have her as his wife. The dog never noticed how the grain dropped out all along the road from the palace to the soldier's window, for he ran up the wall with the princess. In the morning, the king and queen easily saw where the daughter had been, and they seized the soldier and threw him into the dungeons. There he lay. How dark and tiresome it was. And then, one day, they said to him, Tomorrow you will be hanged. It's not amusing to be told that, especially as he had left his tinderbox behind him at the hotel. In the morning, he could see through the bars in the little window that the people were hurrying out of the town to see him hanged. He heard the drums and saw the soldiers marching along. All the world was going. Among them was a shoemaker's boy in a leather apron and slippers. He was in such a hurry that he lost one of his slippers and it fell close under the soldier's window, where he was peeping out through the bars. I say, you boy, don't be in such a hurry, said the soldier to him. Nothing will happen till I get there. But if you will run to the house where I used to live and fetch me my tinderbox, you shall have a penny. You must put your best foot foremost. The boy was only too glad to have the penny and tore off to get the tinderbox and gave it to the soldier. And yes, now we shall hear. Outside the town, a high scaffold had been raised and the soldiers were drawn up round about it, as well as crowds of the town people. The king and the queen sat upon a beautiful throne exactly opposite the judge and all the counselors. The soldier mounted the ladder, but when they were about to put the rope around his neck, he said that before undergoing his punishment as a criminal, was always allowed the gratification of a harmless wish, and he very much so wanted to smoke a pipe, as it would be his last pipe in this world. The king would not deny him this, so the soldier took out his tinderbox and struck fire. Once, twice, three times. And there were all the dogs, the one with the eyes like saucers, the one with the eyes like millstones, and the one whose eyes were as big as the round tower. Help me, save me from being hanged, cried the soldier. And the dogs rushed at the soldiers and counselors. They took one by the legs, another by the nose, and threw them up many fathoms into the air. When they fell down, they were all broken to pieces. I won't, cried the king. But the biggest dog took both him and the queen and threw them after the others. Then the soldiers became alarmed and the people shouted, Oh, good soldier! You shall be our king and marry the beautiful princess. Then they conducted the soldier to the king's chariot, and all three dogs danced along in front of him and shouted, Hurrah! The boys all put their fingers in their mouths and whistled, and the soldiers presented arms. The princess came out of the copper palace and became queen, which pleased her very much. The wedding took place in a week, and the dogs all had seats at the table, where they sat staring with all their eyes. And that is the tale of the tinderbox from Denmark. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, we recommend taking a look at our Patreon page, as noted in the description below. You can earn great rewards while also supporting us, to keep these stories alive for generations to come. 
Also, remember to subscribe to us on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating if you enjoyed this story. A special thank you to Cat for their support this month. Without your contribution, we wouldn't be able to continue these stories, and we truly appreciate it. Visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current events, news, and much more. Not only that, but you can also visit our story archive of every tale we have ever told. It's sorted by origin and region for the convenience of your listening pleasure. Thank you for listening to our story.